This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan. Starting off this uh, broadcast, we have Harvest Hotline brought to you by the North Dakota Mill, Amity Technology, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Harvest is getting close to wrapped up for many growers in the Red River Farm Network listening area. North Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Brenda Elmer says while the crop was varied, yields are looking good for the state. The uh, North Dakota corn crop this year is really varied. As of this week, uh, we're at almost about 90% of the corn harvested. Normally this time of year, we would be about uh, 98%, almost all buttoned up. But the five-year average, it's still well uh, ahead of that. Depending on what kind of weather, I know some of our guys got uh, dumped on a lot of snow um, just a couple weeks ago. Um, They're waiting for, for things to freeze up or dry up. Um, and others uh, have wrapped up weeks ago. Yields and quality are also varied, but overall for the state, um, it, it is looking really good. Statewide yield estimates have also been raised and corn acres are up. USDA uh, recently kind of upgraded us and it looks like it could be uh, one of our best crops ever. Normally we're at about 135-ish for bushels per acre and they have that up 12 bushels to 143. So that's good overall statewide. They're estimating that, you know, there has been more corn planted this year and we could speculate why that is. There's a lot of global events that have also impacted that. So we estimate that to be about 3.74 million acres, but there was a lot of prevent plants last year, so that's not really an apples-to-apples comparison. Drew Courtney says near Oaks, North Dakota, there is a lot of field work happening as harvest wraps up. Uh, Right now I'm sitting in the disc and working up a little bit of prevent plant from this spring and getting things back in shape and get some of these acres back in production. Everybody's wrapping up around here. I'd say middle of last week was was a big end for a lot of people, roughly maybe 3 to 5% of the corn I could see left around here, kind of picking up odds and ends for a few guys. But most of the tillage work is getting wrapped up. A lot of fertilizer got done, uh, picking some fertilizer up yesterday, and nobody in line for getting fertilizer. So I think most of that's wrapped up, and people are going to be pretty happy and, and get a lot of these fall projects that we don't get to do a lot of times, the bonus days, done here. Yields have been a pleasant surprise. The crop was was great. We were very pleasantly surprised considering the year on a little bit of lack of rainfall there through July. Yeah, we were very happy with the way the crop came off. We were able to get in and keep going. And that snowfall that came through a couple weeks back, we were right on the edge of it. We ended up with about two inches that set us back about three, four days. But that gave us some time to move some bushels around the farm and, and fix a few things that needed work. So a nice little break to get caught back up and we were able to hop back in and, and keep going. National Sunflower Association Executive Director John Sandbachin says sunflower growers are making slow but steady harvest progress. That snow we had here the first part of October, um, you know, kind of slowed things down. Guys are fighting mud and, you know, road conditions were not that good. But, you know, the, the warm weather we've had here the last week has been just great for harvest progress. We're probably about... In the Dakotas, we're 75, 80% done, and in Minnesota, we're up to about that 95% level. So, 
you know, just amazing when the weather turns nice or how, how fast you can make some progress. The yield and quality of the crop has been outstanding. Actually, you know, right now the oil content that we're seeing in the seeds going into the crush plants is the highest I've ever seen, and I've been here 28 years. We're averaging over 45% oil, which is fantastic, and it's not uncommon for some guys to be at 50, 52% oil, and, you know, for, for sunflower growers, you know, we're the only crop that pays a premium for oil content, so it's really been adding to that bottom line for growers. USDA back in October projected that both North Dakota and Minnesota would set a record state yield, and, you know, just from the yield reports that we're hearing, it definitely, you know, most guys are in that 2,500 pound or higher, you know, in a, in a lot of cases. So um, it looks like it's going to be another really nice crop and, you know, hopefully wants to be very profitable. And that's Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology and the North Dakota Mill. Total Farm Marketing Market Analyst Amanda Brill says the livestock markets have been quiet. We had the cattle on feed report come out last Friday. It was neutral to slightly friendly, didn't really do a whole lot. Um, box beef was a little bit higher, but I think we're looking for higher cash trade. In the hogs, um, it's surprised down more because um, the cutouts were down by over $6 yesterday. Um, but really in this hog market, it's very technical. Uh, we came up to the 100-day moving average twice in the past month and failed, got a little bit overbought, and so now we've sold off. Van On and Company market analyst Steve Witt says the corn market is struggling to hold gains. It's in a real tight range. We haven't been able to get above this 1480. We haven't retested that 460 low, and we're kind of dead center at 472 and a half. Uh, we had a pretty small private sale this morning, uh, 128,000 metric tons of corn. Uh, to unknown, which is usually China, um, and unless you put a one in front of that to get up into that million metric ton type sale, the market's definitely going to shrug that off for as behind pace as we are. Uh, you look over to the beans, they've really had what seemed to be momentum, gotten over that $14 level, uh, and then backed off high. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration shows ethanol production during the week ending November 17th at 1.03 million barrels per day. That's down 24,000 barrels per day from the previous week, 18,000 barrels per day less than a year ago. Ethanol stocks are up 700,000 barrels from a week ago at 21.7 million barrels. During October, Chinese soybean imports from Brazil were up 71% year-over-year. Market analysts are saying Chinese demand is not growing, but Brazil has a competitive price advantage over the U.S. Go to rrfn.com, sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News hits your email box every Monday. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Renewable Fuels Association Senior Vice President of Industry Relations, Robert White, says their organization is continuing to work toward a permanent solution to year-round E15 use. The sooner the better on E15. The summer months will roll around very quickly, as we all know. 
And the last two summers, we've had the luxury of emergency waivers uh, due to issues, global issues with petroleum and, and gasoline supplies. I hope as a, uh, an everyday consumer that that's not the case next year. But we've also been warned by the administration not to bank on having a, another round of emergency waivers. And so the legislative fix is first and foremost top priority. And it is has some strange bedfellows in support. The American Petroleum Institute is side by side with the Renewable Fuels Association on uh, pushing this through. White is looking forward to other avenues for renewable fuel growth. We have two different kind of wrong approach. One was with the eight Midwest governors and also legislatively in Congress. So we're looking for avenues to get that to the finish line. So retailers have certainty of a product they can sell year round. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of excitement around ethanol, uh, even with the threat, I guess, of electric vehicles and higher fuel economy standards and the need for less liquid fuel. What's happening right now is we're seeing all, a lot of different new uses from sustainable aviation fuel, renewable chemicals, diesel replacement with ethanol and so no matter what happens on the light duty vehicle side of things we, we expect to not only maintain but grow. U.S. farm income was at record levels in 2022. However, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said half of the farms didn't make money and the 40 percent that made money still needed an off-farm job to support themselves. It turns out that if you have farms that sell more than a half a million dollars in sales every year, you are one of 150,000 farms in the country. You're 7.5% of all farms. They received 89% of the income. Now, they didn't produce 89% of the products. They produced about 68%. So they got a majority. They got almost 90% of the income, which meant that 92.5% of our farms, roughly 2 million, had to share 11%. So it's really difficult to get big if you're part of that 92.5%, unless there's an alternative. Vilsack said he heard from farm, conservation, and environmental groups offering an opinion for the small and medium-sized farms. Basically said, we need help to embrace climate smart practices, but in order for it to work, it has to be voluntary, it has to be market-oriented, and you have to provide assistance to farmers to basically embrace those climate smart practices. So that's essentially what we set up. We took resources from the Commodity Credit Corporation, as those groups suggested. In fact, we were pretty modest. They suggested we go at $50 billion. <laughs> we did three. We funded 141 projects, and in those projects, we're now in the process of seeing farmers being paid to embrace uh, climate-smart practices. So there's no risk to the farmer. They are essentially going to get resources to be able to embrace, if they wish, voluntary, totally voluntary. In Vilsack's view, the ability to bring more profitability to small, underserved farms will mean good things for rural communities. According to American Farm Bureau Chief Economist Roger Cryan, there's been a great fundamental shift in the U.S. dairy markets. There's been so much uh, construction of cheese plants. Uh, it's led to, a, let's say, ample supply of cheese, and it's made, uh, there's a limit to how much cheese we export. We export a lot of cheese to Mexico, but there's not a, there's not a lot of market beyond Mexico for an awful lot of our, our, our cheeses. We have a very good market for powder and even and butter when the, when the market likes our butter fat. So what's happened is the uh, class four price, the butter powder value of milk, has exceeded the cheese milk value by a good bit. This has led to a desire for a change in marketing orders. There's a pretty good consensus that we should go back to the, the higher of on setting the class one price 
there's a there's a real clamor from producers to make some reform to federal order price formulas. It kind of started with processors and co-ops saying we want to increase the make allowance, which is giving something to the processors, and then it, it led to a lot of uh, conversation about what we can do on the other side. We had gone to an average of formula that the National Milk Producers Federation and the International Dairy Foods Association had, had negotiated in 2018 and had gone into the Farm Bill. That ended up costing farmers a lot of money in the, in the last few years. So that's one of the things that's being considered in a big federal milk marketing order hearing in Indiana. This hearing began in August and will resume after Thanksgiving. Deer and Company reporting net income of $10 billion for the year. That compares to $7 billion in fiscal year 2022. Fourth quarter sales for the farm produ uh, production and precision agriculture business declined 6% from a year ago. Profits were up 6%. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Agricultural Association's annual Agribusiness Expo will be held Tuesday and Wednesday at the Avalon Event Center in Fargo. Executive Director Stu Letcher is excited about the new location. It's going to be a little bit, probably a little bit more cozy of a venue. It's a little smaller than the Fargo Dome. We will have um, close to 100 booths. Um, and it'll be kind of a neat setup we're going to have. They have different ballrooms in the Avalon, and so there'll be different uh, booths and different ballrooms, so it'll be kind of nice to be able to go around and explore. Um, they will be, the, the one thing you will notice that's different from last year's show is we won't have large uh, booth exhibits. In addition to the exhibits, there will also be market and industry update presentations. We got Andy Jung from Mosaic. He's the vice president of market strategic analysis from, that's going to talk about fertilizer and what that market looks like. Um, and then we, in the afternoon, we've got uh, Brent Boydston from, he's government affairs with Bayer, and he's just going to talk about industry affairs, kind of what's going on. And there is a lot going on in the chemical world right now. And then uh, on Wednesday morning, we have our kind of our traditional grain market outlook with uh, Frayne Olson, Chad Hart, and Randy Martinson. So uh, excited about the program we got. Um, new to this show this year is also at 4 o'clock on Tuesday, we are doing a social hour. Looking at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis December wheat down 5 cents at 7.12 and a half. March four and three quarters lower at seven twenty eight and a half. December wheat Chicago three quarters of a penny higher at five fifty five and three quarters. Kansas City down a penny and three quarters at six fourteen. December corn a uh, half penny lower at four sixty nine and a half. March down three quarters of a penny. Soybeans January contracts twenty one and a quarter lower at thirteen fifty six. March soybeans down nineteen and a quarter at thirteen seventy three and three quarters. December live cattle down thirty two cents at one seventy four sixty seven. February live cattle down seventy cents at 175.37. Feeder cattle, January futures down 97 cents at 227.35. March feeders down a dollar at 230.22. Lean hogs, December futures, seven cents higher at 68.25. February lean hogs down 67 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.